0: Of the Stomp the Bus podcast. I'm your host, Mark Harris, alongside Colton Dodgson, and, uh, we're just making it through the week. Colton, how, how's it been?
1: Hey, you know, I'm surviving, Mark. Uh, big game coming up on, uh, on Sunday. So just trying to make it through. Of course, I'm talking about, um, the Phoenix Suns and the, whoever they're playing on Sunday. That's the game I'm going to. Um, or actually I'm referring to Clippers Cavs. a uh, huge game coming up on Sunday, so looking forward to that. Um just trying to make it to the, that game. Um but other than that, Mark, I just have recognized that I think Nick Wright is kind of stealing your look a little bit. I was watching him spew terrible takes uh because I like to I like to torture myself. And, uh, I, I kind of double, did a double take for a little bit. Cause he was doing that stupid long hair thing. It looks terrible on him. It looks terrible on you. Just kidding. It looks good on you. <laughs> uh, but he was doing that like long hair thing, right? And today it started to curl. I noticed it's like curling at the bottom a little bit. Kind of how like yours yeah. does that when, when the yeah. beam is not on and you're not kind of like guiding it, I suppose. It uh it does curl out more when you let it go freeform, right. um. So I noticed it's doing that a little bit, and he has this little like goatee thing going on too. Um, and you know, I I just want to let you know that uh, you your takes are significantly more, um, I don't know, I I enjoy them much more. Let's say that. So at least you have that going for you. I'm um, glad, Colton. And you're, you're finally like, he's you, yeah, you, you, he's ripping the look off from you. So that's, that's right.
0: I mean, he probably watches the show and that's where he got it. Like,
1: let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, can't stand the guy. <laughs> I can tolerate, I can tolerate you. So that's how I feel.
0: Oh man. Well, with that, we are off and rolling episode 26. Uh, coming to, Coming a bit later than usual, but here we are. Um yeah, so what's crazy is that ASU is actually in the mix for a high end quarterback really late in the process. Um if you haven't been following the Jaden Rashada story out of Florida, um long story short, he signs I don't know the details of whether he actually signed or not, but uh I think, or I think he signed but got it released or whatever. But yeah, he signed the letter
1: of intent and then requested for it to be released after they pulled his nil money. Right,
0: because he was initially promised thirteen million dollars by one of the Florida collectives, and when it actually came time to like be official and like whatever, like for for it actually to get done. Uh, at the last minute, um, they're just the money didn't come. So, I mean, I don't even know all the details of it because it's all, you know, shrouded in NIL. Uh, the, the thing is with these numbers, like it's so hard to know what's actually real, but apparently people have seen the contract and said it was like 13 million over four years, but it was just too good to be true, I guess.
1: And, yeah. And I mean, that, that peels back another layer to this whole NIL era is it's, 18-year-old kids kind of taking these boosters at their word. And I think yeah. this this whole system is so new that maybe everybody is kind of caught up in the hysteria of it. And I hope that there's – I mean, this is the first time this has come out, so hopefully this is a wake-up call for everybody else. Right. But I hope there aren't more instances of um, adults pulling the rug out from under kids after trying to woo them to their – their respective schools you know um, right. the sad situation but it sounds like he's going to bounce back you know he's got a lot of interest and it's it's incredible that asu seems to be um maybe you know family legacy has something to do with that whatever it may be um asu seems to be one of the most commonly mentioned teams in the running for rashada so uh, that's, a, that's uncharted territory, or not uncharted, but that is territory that was charted a long time ago and hasn't been visited for quite some time. Being yeah, totally. yeah. a notable recruit, so.
0: Right, right. And he's, uh, he's listed on 24-7 sports as a five-star quarterback. He's from Pittsburgh, California. It's just outside the Bay Area. Uh, his dad, Colton, you mentioned that his dad played. Uh, his dad, Harlan Rashada, played for ASU in the '90s. Um, pretty sure he's on the Rose Bowl team, but uh, I'm not 100% sure about that. But uh, regardless, uh, that I mean, he, that means he's he's obviously had like some exposure to ASU. But I I don't want I don't think that like the father going there is like like he wasn't considering us until you know, recently.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm so but know. yeah. Maybe in this
0: instance it does, you know.
1: Yeah. So, maybe. Maybe right. he's looking at it from a different angle now, given everything that happened with the NIL, uh debacle at Florida. But speaking of NIL, one thing I want to touch on real quick as far as Rashada from uh Mike Farrell Sports. He's he mentions he has a little blurb on the latest recruiting rumors that he's heard. I'm um, looking for a date on this. January twenty third, so it was published um Yesterday on Monday, Monday. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just talking about how he's he took the trip to Arizona State this weekend, uh, found a picture from Dominic Willis on Twitter. Looks like he's the linebacker coach at uh Highland uh, of him and Jaden Rashada outside of the Tempe Zips. We did some uh, re- some detective work, me and Mark. Uh, we found the reflection of a Mill Avenue street sign in the back um and of course the beautiful zips branding on the side of the building. Uh um, Cole is
0: very very familiar with the Mill Ave Zips. Yes, I know the uh, Mill Avenue layout. Uh
1: I I I worked there, I played there. <laughs> you worked there? Yeah, I worked at the uh the Jimmy John's right there.
0: Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah, no, I I so remember it, that, but I I, thought well, I didn't they, remember,
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a veteran of Mill Avenue myself. Uh would not I Yeah, no. Would not mistake those trash cans anywhere. So my, I, I deduce that uh, this picture was taken um, on Mill Avenue. And I can tell you right now, if I went on a recruiting trip to a place that had zips, and I'm coming from a place that does not have zips, and I'm not um, as familiar with their offerings, and somebody puts a golden Pocaccia in front of me, I am uh, asking for my letter of intent with the check. So... Yes. That's that's how I feel. Hopefully, Jaden Rashada has a similar palette. It does not look like it. Um, it's a little more slender than me, or at the very least, he can he can actually work it off, and he doesn't just um, he doesn't just stock his golden focaccias like I do. Right. Um, so there are my recruiting insights from this Saturday. Hopefully, they were insightful. Um, but yeah, it looks like they had a good a good trip. At the very least. He was here, which is huge. Right. So, right. Um, but he says if it's NIL driven, he won't land at Arizona State, which is an interesting wrinkle to this. Um, well, can you read the rest of that
0: blurb? Because yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. a little
1: stipulation. So it says, uh, TCU this upcoming weekend, while Washington, Utah, and Cal remain involved, if it's NIL driven, he won't land at Arizona State, as Dillingham wants to build culture and not lean on NIL for recruits. The best chance for a big NIL payout is Washington or Cal, it seems. Interesting. So Pac-12, Cal surprises me, but yeah. I feel
0: like, I feel like Cal's super, like they, they're super desperate. The Bay Area money, man. And that's Yeah, but Cal doesn't funny. have any, like, how many, like, bo- like, I feel like Cal doesn't have like rapid boosters, you know?
1: No, yeah, the, I don't think that portion of Northern California, Silicon Valley, uh really cares very much about I, – I don't know, maybe they do. I'm just speaking speculatively here. Speculatively? I think that's right um This is all speculation. That's a better way to put that. Uh But, yeah, I, I don't know. It looks like Pac-12 is heavily involved, which is right. cool. Um, the allure of TCU, maybe. I know Garrett Riley just left uh, TCU. So maybe that changes things a little. Well, they have bit.
0: Sunny Dykes, and like that's a good coach to learn under. But
1: right. I mean, yeah. The, but what I'm saying is like that system that worked so well for Max Duggan might look a little different. Uh Maybe that uncertainty there causes I don't know. Obviously, it's it's a, a layer to this. But um, yeah, it's cool to just be in the mix, and I hope you enjoyed Zips. If they went, maybe they just posed outside of it. Who wouldn't? Right.
0: For sure. Um, well, and also Williams on his Twitter, it says he's from Pittsburgh, California as well. So, right, right. That he's, a local,
1: he's a local ties guy. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, it's cool that, I mean, this is, and I don't know how involved he is. Obviously, we're just looking at a picture, but if we're to assume like he was on the trip in some capacity and didn't just stop to get a picture with him or whatever, um, or like came out to talk to him. I don't know what the context of this picture was, but I don't know. It's cool that if they are, obviously they've set the precedent of high school coaches being involved on Dillingham staff and all these other things. But if they're kind of leaning on the high school coaches from around the Valley, I think that's really going to help with in-state recruiting. Maybe it doesn't help with Rashada as much. Maybe this guy was from where Rashada was from and invited him. I don't know what the context of this photo is, obviously all speculative. All that I can tell you for certain is this is on Mill Avenue. So,
0: right. No, and yeah, I mean he was in Tempe visiting uh this past weekend the uh the 21st and 22nd. Uh so, you know, hopefully Dillingham gave off a good impression, but the, the whole big th- the whole big thing about this for me is that the fact that Rashad is considering us, it's all about Dillingham. Like and it's the fact that Dillingham established a relationship with him while he was recruiting him at Oregon. And even though Dillingham didn't get him, they still had, you know, somewhat of a relationship. And look at I mean, he's recruited so many guys. You know, look at he he was this was the same thing with Dante Moore, who now goes to UCLA, but he was committed to Oregon up until Dillingham left, basically. And so even if even if Rashada doesn't come because you know, TCU was literally just in the national championship game, so they have pedigree. Washington definitely has more money than us. Um, but, and who, you, you know, who knows how, and it, it would be tough to not go to Washington at this point too, like with the boar. But the fact that, like, there, there are some other things that are pointing at ASU's direction and that being Dillingham, you know, Dillingham, and then I'll put like, you know, seven to eight percent on the fact that his dad played at ASU and he's familiar with it and all that. But uh, it, it's – it's. I, I remember um, our mutual friend Kalen sent it in a Twitter group chat that it, ASU was, con- like, in the mix. It was one of the original tweets. And I was like, what? Like, that, this has to be a joke. Like, well, he's not going to go here. He was at Florida, you know, recently. And I know, I, I know he's from the Bay Area, but, like, I, I guess – and it's crazy that this is even coming up, you know um and so who, who knows how the n i l situation is gonna play out with this uh I understand why some coaching stabs are you know um not wanting to lean on like n i l for inducing recruits because then it can like maybe that does have a a Creates tension in the locker room. You know, I don't know. I'm not a college football player with all the NIL going on. So I can't really, like, it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes because I don't know how I would react. But I understand why um, ASU doesn't want to be, like, how do I say this? Like, ASU doesn't want to, like, by play, No, that's that's not the right way of phrasing it. Like,
1: or let the money talk. They want their culture to talk. Well, yeah,
0: yeah that, but I guess uh like being like o- over-promising and like uh just like all hype and all that, you know, cuz like think of all the schools who have made the most noise with NIL most recently, like in the past year. Or so, it's been like Miami A&M. and Texas A&M. Huge and, yeah. And that's not to say, like, Bama and Georgia aren't using NIL. Like, of course they are. But it's not like a – and Florida, NIL. And, you know, look at how that happened. And, like, uh, you could say Oregon, too. I wouldn't put Oregon in that category, though. So it's not a 100% thing. But um, it's – like, like for what I was saying earlier, like Bam and Georgia pay NIL, and Ohio State has
1: NIL, but it's it's but more like it's, Alabama and Ohio State. Like, yeah, it's, it, the money is part of it. The money isn't the whole strategy,
0: right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I can understand why. Like, well, ASU probably doesn't have like however many millions it would potentially take, but. I just don't know, like, we don't know how much money these collectives actually have, and, like, I was listening to a podcast earlier today uh with, it's the, uh it was with Dan Wetzel and Pat Forty, and I one of them was, the like, bug. yeah, no, that's good, um, but <laughs> basically, like, one of them mentioned that, like, is someone going to continue wanting to pay millions of dollars out of their own pocket just for um some quarterback to be kept on the roster or whatever, like it just feels like there's better there's different ways of getting it done, you know. Um so I don't think that this means it's like ASU is like paralyzed in NIL. Like I'm sure are are we like is Elijah Badger still here, you know? Like if I'm sure he's getting some NIL somewhere or like, you know, and the other thing, um, apparently Florida has like two collectives, and like it's like more messy relationship with the school, at least with ASU. I feel like the Sun Angel Collective, it's it, it's very like partner with the school, even though it's not technically supposed to be. But you at like football games and you know basketball games, you see the banner advertising in the yeah, state.
1: Yeah, it, it was at the cathedral. I remember Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, uh, and it's. They're promoting it, and uh, it and it's it's the one singular one, like go to this specific place instead of because I can imagine with all the different websites and like especially for a fan base like ASU too, like you need to you need to have it as organized as possible, you know. And so, uh, I'm kind of feeling less like I feel like ASU's nil collect. I mean, I don't know how much money's in there, you know, but. I feel like it it, it it feels like it's not being run in like a haphazard way where it seems like the Florida one definitely was
1: yeah definitely um no, I agree I mean it's an uncharted it's weird to have two uh collectives i would assume, like I would think that why wouldn't the two collectives want to be one collective yeah I know, I know. <laughs> that's just like a uh, very base level thinking without all of the the finer details that go into this particular issue, but that, that strikes me. It's like, I don't really get that, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's a lot of places that are um a little disjointed with all of this new infrastructure in terms of like trying to set up a collective, like you said, it seems like ASU is is on the right track with it. I think it happened a little later than most places, but maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe they just want it to be. um Right. Pretty, pretty confident in the way that well, they it was were. like
0: really a group of like fans who like got it together. Um, and a lot of these people are like lawyers and you know, businessmen or whatever, like right, but the school, the to
1: school took to it, right? The school's advertising it at, uh, basketball games and, and really behind this Sun Angel collective thing. So that's good. I think, um, Again, you're going to see money flying all over the place, money pulled away from people. Obviously we've already seen that happen. Um, but I, I mean, it seems like ASU's on the right track with this issue. I hope that they don't put it on the back burner. I hope that it becomes a part of the strategy. Right. Um, but I hope it doesn't. I don't think it will be with doing him. Like right. doing him understands it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lean on that, which I think is good. I think that's how it should be. Obviously if a, if an athlete is at the level Talent-wise, to be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, they absolutely should be able to. But I don't understand, right. like throwing the money and then trying to build the team later. Like I don't right. like buying the team. Essentially, it didn't work out for Miami, and it didn't work out for uh, Texas A&M this year. So right. maybe they're they're going to serve as cautionary tales moving forward.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. I, I mean, that kind of was a tangent from the Rashada, but. Uh, it's just such a huge story, and it'll just be so interesting if he does come here. Um, you know, in the quarterback room, you have it would be Rashada, Drew Pine, Conover, Bourget, and, and then Bennett Meredith and Dalen McLemore. <laughs> so I, I don't know I how that will like, play out. Uh, someone yeah. would definitely leave at, after spring, probably two people. Um, 100%. um
1: yeah, I would imagine it's weird. To, like, I feel like Borgay is such a like devil for life type of guy, but I mean, what is he, a senior now? I, yeah, mean? like
0: he's, I feel like, I don't know. I don't think I feel like anyone would blame him if yeah. he transferred to like a Mac school or a Mountain West school because he knew he would start or even at, wherever it may be. Like people would totally understand, especially if we had Rashad, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, it get, would be, you get like a year, a year of Pine, and then right. um, Rashada. Yeah,
0: so that would be interesting. Um, it, it's the fact. I mean, I just have to repeat this, but the fact that we're in this is because of Dillingham and the, con- the connections he makes, the offense he runs. Um, it's it's just a good combo and. You know, I'll make this point again, but even if we don't get Rashada, this will lead to someone else, you know,
1: not just, just because Dillingham,
0: clearly a lot of these quarterbacks are interested in
1: playing for him, you know. Definitely. It's a, I mean, who wouldn't be after the season? Right. Um, uh, why can I not Bo Nix? Bo Nix. Yeah. I've said his name multiple times. I just slipped. Uh, yeah, the season Bo Nix had yep. at Oregon underneath uh or under Kenny Dillingham right um so yeah i mean it's a very qb friendly system pine and rashada would be an excellent qb room and then there's obviously some other names as well um so yeah well i guess we'll keep an eye on it tcu yep. is going to be a a tough a tough uh it's going to be tough to resist the allure of going there i think especially with what they've done Yep. Um but who knows? Maybe maybe zips talks.
0: It I'll I'll say this, it feels like we're in the mix and it's not like a it's it's not a pipe dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he committed here.
0: No, no, at this point I wouldn't be. And you know I don't know why this is coming no. up because it's a different coaching staff and a completely different position. But when we when Todd Graham was recruiting Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm back, uh, I want to say, like, 2014, I don't know, but it was a 2014. I think it was 2014. Uh, for, it didn't really feel like he was ever going to come here, you know? Yeah. And this this time, I mean, just it feels like there's a, a chance, you know? It's not – it's completely within the realm of possibility for you as an ASU fan to be like, okay, like, this could happen. Will happen, who knows, you know? I mean, you have Washington in there, TCU – uh, we'll see where it goes. But um I'm I'm just I'm just happy that we're in this position and um let the chips fall where they may or the NIL <laughs> NIL direct deposits fall where they may. Um but speaking of five stars, uh ASU actually brought in a five star uh, this would be last week. Um Oklahoma transfer edge Clayton Smith commits to Arizona State. Uh, I also did not know who this guy was, um, before he transferred to ASU, but he basically, he, he didn't play much at Oklahoma, but apparently he was a freshman and a redshirt freshman. So clearly he's young and He was the, he was the 26th overall recruit in the 2021 cycle. So they had him as a top 25 player in all the country, five star. It's, look, I I haven't watched any tape on him. I don't, like, I can't tell you anything about him, but just the fact that someone like this is coming here, uh, speaks to this coaching staff and, you know, the assistant coaches, especially, uh, samples and Carrington from Texas. I mean, I think he's from Texas, so.
1: Yeah, it's going to be crazy that
0: Texarkana.
1: Like half of this roster is going to be guys who were brought in through the portal. It's going to look like oh, yeah. a completely <laughs> different team. Yeah, um, which you know you can't even really project how. Like it's just such a a mixed bag. Like I, I have no idea where to even go with it. I I have very high hopes. Based on who's coming back and who they're getting in the portal and all these other things. Um, I feel good. I mean, I, I'm looking at their schedule now. They have USC right. and, Utah and UCLA and then Oregon. Those are some pretty tough games, right? But I mean, the other games are like, and I guess Washington too with Penix in Seattle. That'll be, that's going to be
0: tough. Yeah.
1: That'll be tough. I think too, Washington
0: but- has a chance to make a playoff next year. I mean, they, they came, Fairly close to making it this year, honestly.
1: Yeah, but just looking at it, it's like, I I, I mean, I don't even know what to think because right. totally. Where is this team going to be in terms of what they're putting on the field? It's going to be such a new experience. I think the non-conference slate is going to tell a lot. How do they play against Oklahoma State and Fresno? They don't yeah. play a road game until almost October, and they only have four. And it's at headless. Cal. Yeah, Like that's, that's a pretty
0: easy road game to like slide into, you know?
1: Right. And then Colorado comes here. Uh, Deion Sanders is going to be in Tempe. That's pretty crazy. Right. Uh, Michael Penix in Seattle and then you go Salt Lake in LA, but then you take Oregon comes to Tempe. It's like, there's very, there's four road games. Eight home games. games. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Which is, which is great. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't even really know how to project this. My gut is telling me based on what has happened with the portal and what Dillingham can do in terms of building an offense and all of these things. I think it's it, it's going to be better than maybe we expect in terms of like I don't think this is going to be a slow rebuild where they win like two there so they go, six and six in their first year, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it could be, it could be something that surprises us. Um, that's just my inkling and I could be completely wrong. It, maybe it's not, but I don't see, obviously USC is going to be an extremely tough game. I get that, but yeah, you know, I, I, but like, I, it's so hard to speak on it because it's like, what team is going to be on the field? I don't know. Right. No, totally. So, totally. But I'm, I'm optimistic with the way that they've built this team and the way they've hit the portal so hard. I think um, it, it could be a pretty quick turnaround, nothing crazy, nothing like, you know, Pac-12 championship or anything like that, but at least competitive maybe when we don't expect them to be. Right. So.
0: And we just don't know, yeah, the roster. I mean, a lot of these guys who have come in are like, you know, three-star type guys, but as as we talked about, you need to fill the roster. Um, I think you mentioned the earliest part of the schedule. So uh, Thursday, August 31st, you host Southern Utah. Saturday, September 9th, you host Oklahoma State, who I want to get back to, but Oklahoma State has basically been like – they're like the ASU from last year in terms of how the portals hit them. They've had a bunch of guys leave, including Spencer Sanders. I think they're running back uh, – linebacker, one of their best corners, like, all these guys left. So they're just – it's going to be – I bet ASU will be favored against Oklahoma State at home. Let me put it that way. Uh Fresno State, this game scares the living bejesus out of me because Fresno State is just – they're just a good Mountain West team, and I don't think ASU is at a point where they can just, like,
1: brush off a good Mountain West team, you know? But you also want those games to be competitive, right? And Oklahoma State and Fresno State, I think, are two. Yeah, no, those should be competitive games, yeah. Um, So at the very least, if they lose their third game of the season, it wouldn't be to Eastern Michigan, which is a step in the right direction. True. (laughs) And then, yeah, USC at home Saturday,
0: September 23rd. I bet that's going to be a really fun atmosphere, at least. Yeah, uh, well, last the, time I'm they
1: come here, yeah. and then their last trip to the the Rose Bowl, yeah, is in November. That's cool. Yeah,
0: Um at Cal on the thirtieth, and then you host Colorado. But there is a very real possibility that you can go four and two in that stretch.
1: Yeah, definitely the non-conference, and, and then that second oh, loss
0: may be to freaking Colorado. Who
1: knows? Yeah. Who knows how good they're going to be? Um, they're kind of in they're
0: in like a similar position as we are, where it's like we yeah, just don't know. Because they're going because they're going from way worse to like getting like five star two five star cornerbacks,
1: <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah, and a, a possible draft guy next year at quarterback too. Like right, it's so a, weird. A stack, just the trans hitting the transfer portal. Hard too, right? Right. I see Colorado as, and that's why I think the week zero game would have been so. Oh, so I know. It's I'm too bad again. But uh, the Colorado and ASU are kind of going to be like, based on the strat, it, it's going to be kind of like how. Um, I mean, in baseball, it's like the Diamondbacks and the Rays are always like affiliated. Right. right?
0: I feel. So that. It, I think.
1: I think for the next couple of years, it's going to be like. Colorado and ASU's turnaround because they were both, you know, basement dwellers who, uh, well, ASU not necessarily, but this past season right. We hired right. these, these very compelling candidates, hit the transfer portal extremely hard, um, kind of like a the new, like a face of the new strategies that you can implement. Right, right. Yeah, totally. Um, so two very compelling storylines to watch there with Colorado and ASU. Right.
0: Uh And then you look at the back six games of the schedule, Uh three tough road games at Washington on the 21st of October, at Utah November 4th, at UCL, UCLA on November 11th. But one thing I will say about this schedule, there are no November trips to the Pacific Northwest, and that is always a good thing for ASU football. I think the only time they've won a November game, I think twice, they beat... A bad, bad, like a terrible Oregon State. I think this was
1: uh, wow, Anderson California, was right? What was that in twenty twenty?
0: No. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. Okay, I forgot about twenty twenty.
1: So that I don't know, but was that in? That might have been in November. I feel like I was somewhere for Thanksgiving. Uh, I,
0: okay. No, I guess I might be off on this, but like you know this, like ASU was no, no, not good.
1: I get what you're saying. I get the point you're trying to make that throw out that 2020 season. It doesn't even really,
0: but anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't, we do have to go to Utah in November, which that'll be cold. But like, I don't know. I feel like we could play Utah anytime next year and we're probably going to lose. Like at this point. So, and who knows, maybe they will be, have a weird game. And yeah, uh, you at UCLA, but weather won't be an issue. UCLA has not been a tough place for us to play historically. Um, At Washington, that'll be tough, but that's just—it's gonna be tough. (laughs) Like, you know, um, but it's awesome that you get. I I love getting Wazoo at home. That is a winnable game. I don't care what transpires between here and now. That is a winnable game. Uh, Oregon at home, that's gonna be tough. But I mean, that's just gonna be tough. But you get U of A at home, and Oregon at home, like you know, crazy things happen. So, I think, I think it'll be important to get. To kind of beef up early in the season, I would say, because you get Cal and Colorado, who like we don't know what Colorado's gonna. I mean, Colorado's gonna be like you still might be able to run the ball on them really well because I mean, even if they are getting transfers, like that's who knows, you know. So yeah, those guys aren't um, playing linebacker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be a weird team that defenses attack, cause like, especially if Cormani McLean is actually this good. I mean, he's a freshman, so, oh, mistakes, but having both of them out there is just such <laughs> crazy for the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm excited, I'm excited you got eight games and you get, you got some cool opponents coming to Tempe. You get USC, obviously, Oregon, um, Colorado. Colorado, yeah, you get Colorado coming to Tempe. And then, yeah, so exactly, you can go see these guys on Colorado in person too. So like, uh, and then Oklahoma State, I, I think Oklahoma State, like, that's a good solid Big 12 team to come, you know, and they'll bring a bunch of fans because it's not like super far away. It's not like, it's not like Virginia Tech or something where it's totally across yeah. the country. Like
1: it's, you could make that drive if you wanted to. So. I mean, it's Uh, not close, but it's definitely closer than Virginia. I don't have a map in front of me, but I think that's accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait, I was going to say, oh, you know what I saw today? Because the Cardinals hired, um, Monty, what's his, what's his last name? Their GM, their new GM. Monty Monty Austin. And, uh, obviously he comes from Tennessee, but he has, some sort of background with the Patriots as well. And I saw this pop up on my phone and I was working, so I couldn't really check it, but I just, like, stored it. I was like, that's crazy. But the Cardinals could easily do something wild. Um For some reason, Jed's, Jed Fish's name was brought up because of his connection to Monty Austin for it. I don't <laughs> know if that was, like, probably not as, like, a head coach, I would assume. Oh that my I would God. do anything past the Cardinals. Um but that that connection, I don't know if I can find it or not, but that connection alone in the I think it was CBS Sports was was in wow. um, Yeah, it popped up. Cardinals GM, uh oh, maybe they were just talking to him. <laughs> maybe I, I read too far into that. But I don't know. I feel like it was something where they were like throwing his name into some sort of running. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe U of A doesn't have their coach when we play them. That would he, He's working for the Cardinals. I don't know. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Okay. I, this, there's no way Jed Fish is going to get hired by the Cardinals as their head coach, but they did. Not, not
1: really their head coach, but I'm, I'm saying like there was an article no. that made the connection. As like their, their offensive
0: coordinator or something.
1: Some sort of position. That maybe I don't feel like, like he's
0: gonna leave I feel no, like
1: I't so I don't think so either. I just thought it was wild and it was such a cardinals thing to do um so I don't know, but the the reason I wanted to mention that is just in case it does happen, you can take the snippet of me mentioning it and use that as like okay, you know what I'm saying, oh my
0: gosh, okay yeah, that would be. I, that yeah. would just be pure nirvana for me. <laughs> if yeah. The Arizona Cardinals hired Jed Fish as their head coach. I would just, I would be in heaven. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm throwing around. I'm throwing Anytime around, a
0: division rival just shoots themselves in the foot like that is just a glorious thing to see. But yeah, I think I'm that's a little too around, good to uh, be true.
1: I'm trying to throw around Nick Wright level analysis <laughs> to put us on the 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 radar of all of the the big dogs in the Arizona or the uh the sports analysis game. Oh man.
0: He must have said something bad that got you on a that got you that got you upset, Colton.
1: I, I don't want to go into it. I don't want to give him <laughs> the satisfaction of talking about him on our on our airwaves.
0: Despite mentioning him twice. Unfrogden. Yeah,
1: but he's he doesn't live rent free in my head.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally, not at all. Alright, well uh with that uh, I think things are looking up for ASU in the short-term future, even if they don't get Rashada. So, uh, go Devils, and we'll see you next time.
1: Over.